Good morning. Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome back to Maker That Money, the podcast where we talk about taking your maker hobby and turning it into your maker jobby. I am Pooch <laughs> of Repcord, and with me, uh, my trusty sidekick, Andrew Mayhall of 3D Gloop, King of the Empire of Sticky. Andrew, <laughs> how are you this fine Friday morning or afternoon? I'm depending on where you are. <laughs> It it it's still morning here. I'm doing great. Um, you know, busy, but you know, great. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, so we were off last week. Uh, it, mm-hmm. we we took a little bit of uh, time. I know, I know. Our notification system on that isn't the the greatest. Uh, I kind of use Twitter <laughs> as just like, oh, we're off, we're on, you know, all that stuff. So, follow, we got our tags uh, on the lower third down below. Follow us on Twitter if you're interested in this. We broadcast typically every Friday morning. At 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, but, you know, we are human. We are business owners ourselves. There are times where we <laughs> kind of need to uh, take some time off. Uh, I did get a suggestion from somebody last week that I thought was interesting uh, that would be great if we could get to that point where he's like, you know, you can record a couple of these, like, so you have one in the can uh, so that mm-hmm. when you do take the week off, you can just, like, play the pre-recorded or something like that. So, you know, we're not that advanced yet, but uh, I thought not that was yet. A- I thought that was a cool idea. I mean, you know, and I we, we're good for sitting around and just uh, jawing for a solid sixty on whatever uh, mm-hmm. at some point. So you know, just gotta just gotta hit record for a couple of our phone calls, uh, yeah, and, and have a backlog ready. But uh, anyway, that's a really good idea. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you know, we got I got tons of ideas. It's just a question of execution, <laughs> right? Which we talk about often on this uh, thing, mm-hmm. like I. I love to say ideas are are worthless until you have somebody yep. that can actually execute on them. Yeah. Good morning to everybody in the chat. Uh, we got uh, John, you do it. Uh, Courtney with Filament Stories. Pez Liz, uh, the queen of Maker Deck. Uh, thank you for joining us, Mike. Good to see you as well. Uh, always love having you guys feed us uh, uh, questions, commentary from the chat. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to get started here on today's topic shortly uh and just to tease that we're gonna talk about process very sexy topic i know that you're all very excited <laughs> to talk about process and all that stuff but before we do i thought that uh maybe we could share some wins for the week we like to focus on positivity here on maker that money <laughs> we're very positive people right andrew when you say we're very, you know, super positive yeah always hear andrew's always laughing and having a good time he's having a great time over there <laughs> and uh, we 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 like to keep it positive. So we're going to talk about some wins, Andrew. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on you as I do always. Put first. me on the spot again. What do you, what do you got? <laughs> Something good must have happened this week. Five days in a row. You can't oh, tell me man. Nothing. Dig well, man. <laughs> I mean, let's just let's just like say trying to get back on track for Earth. Um, I feel like I'm moving the needle. So good. let's call it a win. <laughs> Move. Listen, moving the needle. You know, what is it we say? <laughs> Two steps forward, one step back. That's what that's what this life, that's what maker entrepreneur life feels yep. like a lot of times. And some days you're just stepping backwards and then other days, you know, hopefully you're, you know, so you got to average it out. You got to look at the big picture, right? Yeah. And just say this week, what did I do to move the needle? Right. Yeah. We've talked about Absolutely. tools for, for, but, but honestly, like I, I use my to-do list. Uh, we use a system called Trello, which I love. Mm-hmm. I also have my little reminders list. I kind of have a couple different things I use for different purposes, but I, I like to use that tool, obviously not only for like, here's the things that I need to get done, but it's also something to look back yep. on and be like, you know what? I did get a lot done. And the other tip I would add for that for people is make sure that you add all of the things that you didn't even think that you needed to put on your list that ended up on your list for the given day on there at the end oh, of the yes. day. Right. So that you have that perspective. I had a tweet last night that I said, you know, I went nine for 11 on the top three things I need to get done today. Uh, and, and and that's the way it always is. I like I try to start like I want to achieve these three major things. But then inevitably my list grows much larger because I don't know what oh, yeah. I don't know is going to hit me on every given day. But I, at the end of the day, I like to put things on there uh, that I that I did. I said, yeah, you know what? I did this. I did this. I did this. And then I'm like, OK. Like we're moving the needle, like you said, right? Nice, nice. So you know, I don't. It's not always uh, a luxury I've got, but I try to use that as a tool to just kind of feel better about progress and and stuff. So I don't know. Tell us in the chat. First of all, tell us your wins. Tell us what's good. What's good with your life, and uh, you know, tell us also like what what 
tools you have that you use to to just kind of make sure you're keeping a good perspective on your productivity and all that stuff? I think regardless of whether you're a business owner or anything, I think that's a great practice uh, to put into place. I don't know. What do you think, Andrew? I mean, I think it's great. Uh, you know, it's, it's always, it, it keeps you, keeps you focused on the stuff that matters because it's too easy to get bogged down. So, you know, share those wins. <laughs> well, and we oftentimes, I, I feel like we need to have an episode at some point on like kind of the mental health, the stress relief component. Again, that's got mm-hmm. applications in your life well beyond, you know, just business and stuff, but, uh, thinking about the, the value of mm-hmm. your sanity and and oh and yes cal- and factoring that into your ROI calcs on mm-hmm. what you're doing right like it may not feel like just taking some time to like do a build like run a print for fun you know we mm-hmm. don't look at those things uh, a 3D print so we do a lot of 3D printing for those that, that are listening back later um, or haven't heard us before. But, but doing things for fun or, or, or taking on little projects throughout the course of your week that just kind of help keep you sane, like that's got a lot of value that you mm-hmm. don't often calculate into your return on investment for all the hours that you're putting into your business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah. I, don't know, I don't know how often you're doing stuff like that. I, I like try to remind myself, like I've got this, this uh, Prusa enclosure that I bought, like we, they got delivered weeks ago that I'm like, I want to build this thing. I don't need it for anything immediately i don't have a business case necessarily but it's just like sometimes i just need to do a build just Mm -hmm. because i want to work with my hands and all that stuff so like oh uh, yeah you know i'm looking for it i'm hoping maybe i'll have some time this weekend i don't know we'll see um so you know you know prioritizing those things keeping investing in your your mental health is important, right? I think that would be a fantastic episode because there's uh, so many things that, you know, <laughs> that mm. I've done in the past too, just to try and keep my, my sanity. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. yeah. Sanity payback. I don't know what to call it. We, we find some sort of mental health experts. I don't know. We, who, yeah. Who, there we go. I think about a good <laughs> guest to have for something like that. Cause I, I feel like that's a little bit out of my technical expertise, but I think it's an important uh thing to discuss right you know mental health day so sure. hey good to see james from norcal machine works uh he's my 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 buddy my machinist pal he does a lot of our machining work uh good to see you uh so a couple more uh michal uh from poland if i'm not mistaken all right we're going international good to see you nice yeah we got a good lively crowd today uh oh and grant from 3d musket i know he was out this way we didn't get to connect this time but he was out at the 49ers stadium doing some 3d scanning which sounds really cool i want to hear more about that i'm I'm guessing grant that you got some good content and hopefully we'll see if you can share uh what you know what you were up to it was a hot hot week to be coming out for stuff like that but uh it looks like he survived and made it back home. So that's great. Oh, and Jason. Jason Kuhn from uh, Evil Genius Labs is also with us. All right. I could do this all day. Awesome. I love seeing all our, our happy people <laughs> out here. Um, I'm sorry. Michal is in Rhode Island, but he was born in Poland. So I, 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 remembered, ah. I remembered some little nugget there for you, Michal. Thank you for, for sharing that. Okay. Uh, let's, uh, let's dive in on the topic of the week. Uh, because I know okay. that's what everybody came for, right? Talking about process. Oh yeah, because that's that's exciting. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with a question here, real quick, Andrew. When you're when you're thinking about process and scale and efficiency and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. and and how you rank it in terms of importance to your business, um, you're mm-hmm. you're in a, you're in a slightly different zone for where I'm because you, you're, you're still kind of a, a sole owner operator. I know you're working on getting more away from that. And then you, you obviously have your partner that helps you with stuff as well, but mm-hmm. um, we're not, we're not dealing with like a large shop space, multiple employees and stuff just to give yep. people some context here. Uh, yep. And so when you're looking at process and the value and all that stuff, you might look at it with some different eyes than, than I do, but give us your feels on all of that. Yeah, sure. So, you know, a uh, process is I view it as kind of like the single most important thing for well for what I do with 3D Gloop here. Um and the reason why is is I, I think it's it comes from my engineering days, um designing specific, you know, like uh products or um you know new product development, but also in in the side you know, or basically in the aspect of you know 
chemistry and just science in general. Yeah. Everything that we do has a very defined process because if you change the process slightly, it doesn't work. Yeah. So it, it's it's one of these <laughs> weird kind of parallels that that you know in in chemistry when we're running the reactions to actually make gloop, yeah. we have very specific parameters and and things like that that we have to set up to make for sure that we produce a quality product. And in doing so, we have to rigorously set up how that environment is, all of the equipment, everything else to control how we produce that product. And I think that that kind of spills into just my general operational tactics of of business and you know as a whole because i see every little piece as a as an individual you know reaction if you will that has to go correctly in order for you to have a successful outcome uh being you know that uh you know if you as a business you know you, the whole idea of a business is to make money and in order to make money you have to have things to either sell or services to offer sure. and you know you build up all of these individual pieces and you have to make for sure that they all stack up together so that you get the end result that you want um so in general process, well and not just that but then consistently over time as consistently, well right, right? exactly that's the, that's the thing that i think makers oftentimes miss right mm -hmm. like you've you've got a great mind for so you're, you're a chemist by trade uh so mm -hmm. so everything is very formulaic uh, maybe some of you guys in the chat or, or that are listening back like to bake right and i know that there are different things that we do in our lives where precision really matters right and repeatability really matters mm -hmm. and especially when you're running a business, you know, having that process so that you're, you're outputting consistent results over yep. time. Uh, it, not always the most glamorous thing to be thinking about <laughs> as a maker, but very critical as mm -hmm. you're trying to grow your business. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It, it uh, you know, it, it really, you know, for, for, for me, it comes in the aspect of trying to, like as, as a maker, right. Uh, there's a lot of times where I want to get something done quickly and maybe I'm designing a, you know, a prototype print or, or something, uh, you know, that I just need to crank out. I, I talked about this a while back on a previous episode of sometimes you have to, you know, take shortcuts, uh, you know, and look at what you are making. Uh, right. is it going to be like a long-term thing or is this just something as a stopgap solution, how much energy and time you're going to invest? Because, Building out a process, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy uh, Boy, to get it, it right and to get yeah. it dialed in. Yeah. But, you know, it's one of those things that it really pays off in the long run. So it's an investment up front that pays off later on down the road that you might not see it right away. Sure. But in terms of the actual just business development piece, uh, a lot of times, you know, I have to evaluate whether or not the items or the things or the tasks that I'm doing warrant actually going through and taking uh, a process. Like for, <laughs> for me, yeah. I, I fall into this cat, this, 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 this idea where it's like, okay, well, you know, we have to do this and then this and then this, and I start breaking down all of these pieces and I, you know, I figure out, okay, this is what it's going to take. And I spent a bunch of time making all of this process when winging it probably would have been better. But I've also been on the other side where I just winged it until, you know, I get into a position where it's like, okay, well, now I've got to go figure out the process. Uh, yeah. And, you know, what do I do? Like, I'm stuck. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've gone down a path. And I think that's, this is probably common uh, for a lot of people, but um, I start making something. Like, I'm just messing around sometimes, you know, let's mm -hmm. say I'm not even working on a process or whatever. And I, I stumble upon a great idea and I'm like, oh, you know what? This would be a great like improvement to a product or a new product or something like that. And, and then I have to like, and, and I'll do it and I'll get this great result, but I didn't write down any of it. And so it's like a lot of times there's this inefficiency in working backwards and trying to remember like, what is it that I actually did to get this output? Because I iterated through so many things and mm -hmm. all that. And, and it, it's the last thing that I want to do is like go back and, you know, make notes on this stuff, but mm -hmm. it's so unbelievably critical to grow, especially Mm -hmm. Once you start having to like train other people to help you do that stuff, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when you're a sole owner operator and all of the process lives up in your brain, you've got a lot more, you know, you can pull from recall, you know, what you were mm -hmm. doing in a way that doesn't doesn't connect. Uh, we don't have hive mind 
Uh, I don't have drone employees that I can telepathically not uh, yet. Sense it. Yeah, I'm working. <laughs> we're working on that. That's the next product idea. But yeah. uh, y- you know, that's where a lot of the challenge often lies for us. And uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll just tell you from my own world when when like we're releasing a new product, as simple as it may seem to a lot of people out there. You know, we mm-hmm. look at we look at how many times like people announce things at a trade show, talk about it on social media, like oh this is up and coming, and you're like, man, you've mm-hmm. been talking about that for months and weeks and yep. wh- whatever it might be. And to the outsider, yep. it's like, what are we talking about here? They're looking at the bomb, the the bill of materials, yep. and they're saying like, you got five parts here. You know, you maybe you're yep. printing some things, maybe you're laser cutting, maybe you do, but like, how can it be taking this long? And a lot yeah. of it has to do with it's not that I, I can't make one for you and then make another one. It's that like before I can launch this thing, we yeah. have to have the whole system flowing so that we've got it's not like, OK, it's live. And then immediately you sell 10 of them and you're like, OK, now I get it. It's going to take me another three weeks, five weeks to, to do more. Right. So we're yeah. trying to give yourself some runway to mm-hmm. operate with and then when you look at all the challenges that come along with that like getting supply of materials like things that may not seem obvious like hey we yep. couldn't launch because i couldn't get the proper packaging or labeling or whatever it might be uh and you're going mm-hmm. through a lot of that now with trying trying to get your retail packaging out the door right mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean we've been like you know here at gloop like we've been working on several products several projects i should say as well um you know or additions to products that the the process is the most important part uh and for us it's you know when we develop or you know release a you know a chemical based product because that's what gloop is is it's a chemical yeah we rely so heavily on process like we've been uh testing you know a a secret purple goo for a long time we've been sending out samples and 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 stuff Uh, like that to people and people like can i get more can i get more and it's like well yes but no (laughs) you know it's 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 hard because you know we have to define that process and what we're learning is is as we as we iterate things change and, you know, it's this is actually one of those interesting pieces where, um, you know, I would say that, uh, you know, I, I like to I like to always quote this, you know, the only difference between doing science and screwing around is literally writing it writing down, writing it down. Yeah. And, 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 you know, being being a person who is an engineer or technical in nature, you know, I always write everything down, um, you know, like we have reaction lab notes and, and everything. So every batch of gloop. I write down notes, I write down humidities, temperatures, uh, you know, the start time, the end time, like all of this data so that, you know, I have it and I can go back and say, oh, wait, something went wrong and I can learn from it. And that's a process. That process has happened over time. Uh, It wasn't a day one edition, but, you know, it's it's one of those things where you focus on what is important in the long run and you build up to it, I guess. Right. And it's, so. you can get by just winging it for quite a while, like depending on mm-hmm. what it is, how niche, what the demand is. Like we've, we've fallen down that road too, where it's like, we had some product, the demand wasn't super high. We would just kind of cut yeah. on demand. We just tell people like, Hey, there's a, you know, a day or two lead time or whatever. And that's fine. But then you start to pay that price as yep. it scales. Right. And you're like, this yes. isn't going to work anymore. And a lot of times like you have to kind of go backwards to go forwards again. Right. Like, mm-hmm. uh, because you know, and and hopefully, you know, your outcome is is better. That your you know your margins end up better. Your supply, you know, if you can get, if you can order in bulk, you know, pricing can yep. be better. You know, there's all there's all kinds of obviously reasons to scale. But we as makers, especially, like love to test the market, right? And we don't mm-hmm. want to invest a lot in how time consuming process generation is when we don't even yes. know if this thing is going to do as well as we hope it's going to do, right? So yeah. there, there's always that balance between kind of teasing it out, like seeing what kind of response you're going to get, you know, doing limited mm-hmm. release. There's a lot of strategies for that uh, that, that mm-hmm. one can employ, you know, limited edition stuff like, hey, yep. we're only going to make a batch of 50 or 100 or whatever, which has sure. other advantages. Like maybe you can charge a little bit of a premium because it's a little more special to people that way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think really, as long as you're communicating and being realistic about what's what's happening, you know, there's no right or wrong way to go about it. It just depends on what your goal is. We, we talk 
we've talked in the past about just like, hey, just, you know, fail fast, get to market, minimum viable yep. product, you know? <clears throat> yep. And I still stand by that. Yes, um, absolutely. You don't want to necessarily be building process at the sake of, you know, minimum viable product or getting to market, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But you do mm -hmm. want to at least take some notes or, or the, you know, keep track of stuff mm -hmm. so that if you do have to go back, that it's more, you know, efficient. And that's that's the kind of thing that I struggle with that a lot of people, you know, I'm sure tell us in the chat if you do too, you know, taking the time to actually like write down what you're doing or remember, um, you know, it's hard. It, that's it, it's an interesting uh, point that you bring up, because sometimes, you know, uh, a lot of people attribute the failure of creating process to taking the time, it, you know, to write things down. Uh, something that's worked really well for me is just taking a video on my phone of the process. I like that. Yeah. And, you know, just document or pictures, yeah. uh, you know, um, yeah. you know, sometimes like, you know, we're, we're like, uh, you know, making some, uh, you know, custom pieces for, you know, some packaging and, and product, like doing some prototyping. And I've been leveraging taking photos and videos of literally me just talking through my mm. thinking, like, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. logical progression steps. Like if I do this, I think it's going to result in this, like formulating hypotheses, on video and then documenting what I'm doing at that point, it, it just, it makes it easier to go back. It's super, it's super quick because a lot of times you can talk through your thoughts much easier than forming it into sentences and, and paragraphs and, and oh, writing a good things idea. down. What do you do? So I've, I've, I've tried stuff like that before and I find that like I, I lose time in terms of like, wait, when was I even working on that? And it's like, I guess I can at least go through my camera reel <laughs> on my phone and be like, let's see. Oh man. That was like, that was like three months ago that so, I actually did that. <laughs> so if, if people, people actually know me and mm -hmm. you know, they, they, they come over and they get like, you know, close and they like, you know, are in my house or, you know, in my workshop, mm -hmm. they will notice <laughs> that I love boxes. Everything goes into boxes oh, the reason why i compartmentalize everything so if i'm working on a specific project even if it borrows from other projects it goes in a box and then i document it based off that box so We're everything about like banker boxes like old school like those those banker boxes that people would keep files in like that that kind of box <laughs> or just any old box so any box like i save shipping boxes i shave <laughs> i save like you know uh plastic totes that sort of stuff like all of my projects are broken into boxes and then i organize all my photos based off those boxes if you will so you know for example like right now we were doing some prototyping on some thermoformed plastic inserts for our retail packaging yeah i have a retail packaging box if you will it's got all of the you know little prototypes that i've done it's got all of the you know cnc parts that i've cut out uh you know like everything and yeah. then in my phone I've got a I've got an album that has all of the videos or the photos or anything else that I've done along with that. And like all of the CAD models that I've made goes into a folder that's labeled that. And that's how I kind of keep track of specific things. And if I if I need to borrow things, then I cre I basically create copies, if you will, um, you know, in. <laughs> Like copy things over into digital boxes or, or whatnot. <laughs> that is a that is intriguing to me. That's actually a really interesting idea. We use that a little bit. We started doing that for our R and D work, where, mm -hmm. um, you know, we get these wild hair ideas uh, at mm -hmm. at the shop, and then inevitably, like, I'll get on Amazon or somewhere and buy a couple relay switches for something or whatever. And before I know it, we're just like, we've got all these little doodads that, you know, some ended up making it to a product. Many didn't, many aren't, or they're in process or whatever, mm -hmm. but then it was becoming a, an organizational nightmare, a clutter yeah. thing. And I, we, so we'd start, we created these bins and it's like, okay, this is R and D bin, whatever, you know, dated. We're talking about whatever the project was. And then if we have mm -hmm. to come back to it, you know, at least that gives us yep. some point of reference and some point of organization. So I like that. I haven't thought about, um, extent expanding that to my personal life a little bit more, but I do like that because I see that happening around here too, where I just got a lot of, like, I don't have a home for a lot of those things or, and, mm -hmm. and I lose context and I'm like, where did I even put that? That's a really interesting yep. idea. I like well, it. I'm going to steal it's, that. It's 
been one of those things that's helped me also realize like what I actually have inventory of. It seems kind of counterintuitive because you're just like, oh, well, you know, you need to like have a master list of all of the things that you have inventory of. But when I, and, and maybe this is just how my brain works, but when I compartmentalize things into specific projects, I can think back to the projects that I've worked on and the mm -hmm. parts that I've ordered for that or, yeah. or whatever else yeah. that might be. And like, I've got bins that have hardware, like I'm talking screws that I've ordered for McMaster yep. or you know other types of fasteners and I come across a, a point in time where I need something and I'm like oh wait I actually have this from a different project yeah, so no, I go right. to that project bin I open it up there it is you know and I'm able to pull that and I create a copy if I've got multiple then I'll put it into the new box I'll I'll split it up so that mm -hmm. that way I you know I have these these sort of things and like in my in my mind I create these compartments as well like knowing each type of project that I'm working on um like for example again on some of this retail packaging I had this this uh um this this component that I built a long time ago, we're talking five or six years ago, that was completely unrelated. And I was like, wait, that actually, that component would be really helpful in some of my prototyping. And I was like, well, I just go out to my storage locker. I've got a storage locker full of boxes. I pull out the box. There's the component. Like, sweet, here it is. Now I go into the digital assets. I pull the digital assets in, make a copy. Boom, now I'm off and running. All right, <laughs> later today, I want you to go out to your storage locker, take a picture and put it up on Twitter so we can actually see what this thing looks like. I want to I wanna feel what it's like to be Andrew Mayhall of 3D Clip because I, I, I'm, I, I'm really loving it. Uh, and I, I know we're going to, bit of a down a rabbit hole but you know to tie it back up to the process it's like organization mm -hmm. is so critically related to the to the, to yeah. the whole thing right and and it's again one of the things that i would say stereotypically makers struggle with we are excited to make we are excited to innovate mm -hmm. and create we are not excited to duplicate and repetitive nature tasks and stuff like and i'm not like guys i understand not everybody's the same i'm speaking in general <laughs> generalities but i think about my time spent at all the various maker spaces i've been to and all the things that most people have energy around and it's not uh, inevitably, you know, making 10,000 of something, it's like, oh, I made this one and now I want to do either improve upon it or go mm -hmm. on to the next thing. But that's a, a completely different game, which is why I think it feels really special to me when I, like, like I said, maker entrepreneurs have a, a special place in my heart because I think they're a, a pretty rare breed um, mm -hmm. in terms of the overall maker world, right? Because sure. we've talked plenty of times, it's like when you take something that's a passion and for fun and then you make it your job that takes a lot of the passion out of it for a lot of people. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and we don't, yeah. so, so we're trying to find a balance. That's why I was talking at the top of the show about like making sure you're doing your for funsies stuff too. Mm -hmm. So you can still have, like I said, maker pooch and business pooch. They're always at odds with each other, <laughs> but you know, they need to be able to coexist um, because we only have one body to share. Um. <clears throat> So, yeah, uh, I mean, organization, critical to process, critical mm -hmm. to development, product development over time. Like, because this these things take a lot of time. And a lot of times, like, you're, you, here's mm -hmm. the other thing, guys. You're going to get it wrong. Like, you, you're going to spend time. You're going to write down process. And that's going to change. Like, you're going to make assumptions yep. about how it works. Like, what, what the process was for, like, let's just talk about rep box assembly. You know, I wrote it down originally, and they were like, no, that doesn't work well once at, at scale uh, mm -hmm. because, you know, we were spending way too much time breaking yep. apart parts or whatever. And so we redo the process. So it's an, yep. it's an always evolving thing. Now, as you reach product maturity, you start to – and real scale, you start to mm -hmm. leverage a little bit more stability, a little bit more consistency. Yep. You have some process, you know, and, and you're less apt to want to diverge from that as well. Even though, mm -hmm. you know, because we talk about shiny object syndrome, we said like, okay, uh, yeah, maybe we could make it a little bit better. Maybe this is bugging me and stuff, but really, sure. How much is that moving the need? Is that selling more units? Is that making mm -hmm. the cost cheaper? is it worth the pain of messing mm -hmm. the process up? Because yeah. a rev change, once you've got oh. the gears really turning, 
is mm-hmm. really uh, painful or can be really painful. And it can cause all mm-hmm. the gears to come grinding to a halt. And when the gears come grinding to a halt, the cash flow can slow as yep. well. And then cash flow, as we've always said, is your lifeblood, you know, the whole mm-hmm. thing. And so if you don't have other means of cash flow, other, other forms of income to kind of like offset, like, so think about you're bringing a machine offline. You better have another one that you can be running or yeah. two or three uh, yeah. while you're messing, you know, with this other one that you're taking off for maintenance or whatever. And I think mm-hmm. one, we don't have the redundancies a lot of times as makers that, that are just getting started. Right. We don't have the luxury of having a mm-hmm. whole fleet of 3d printers or laser cutters or whatever. Sure. And so all of that stuff comes into play when you're evaluating your process and what's going to be worthwhile and what's not right. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, like we mentioned earlier, winging it will get you pretty darn far. Oh, yeah. And in a lot of cases, it's you know, sometimes in trouble can... <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it can be better. Like, you know, I was mentioning sometimes when it comes to, um, you know, making something quickly, uh, you know, that MVP, uh, you're really uh, Minimum trying viable to product. fail fast and, and fail early. Uh, so, so that, um, you know, or fail cheap and fail fast so that you're not spending a lot of time and effort into, into developing something or process that might never work. Um, you know, and I could kind of go back where, you know, making glue, we had a process like, again, it's a chemical reaction, but there was a lot of back in the early days where we you know would wing that process of okay well hey when do we need to do production how do we end up you know like uh how do we end up doing quality control how do we end up making for sure that we're producing these Mm -hmm. consistent products it was a lot of just like oh well hey we're just gonna you know take it you know as the orders come we'll make you know a a small level of inventory and, and call it good and then eventually we started adding on resellers and then we started adding on other products and so then we started realizing as we were winging these things, um, we actually had one reaction vessel that we'd make the products in, and we had a, rea- a side reaction from the two products. And we would end up with, um, you know, a giant mess if we had contaminants left over from a previous mm. batch. And we didn't have a process for actually like, okay, this is how we transition from this batch to this batch. This is how we make for sure that, you know, we're, we're doing this correctly. We would just wing it. And then we found out, oh, well, wait, this isn't working. Right. So sometimes the processes evolve out of winging it. And a lot of times, you know, you can, you know, just make a note again just write it down do some science <laughs> do some engineering do the science and, people just do the science that's yeah <laughs> you know and and just and keep winging it a bit because sometimes that's the best option and you kind of let the process naturally evolve uh and then once you start going back like uh when we started having resellers come in we realized that we couldn't run it wasn't right for us to run production uh of our products you know, in a big batch and then take out of that batch for the reseller. So what we would do is, is we would actually batch our reseller order so that we had a reseller mm-hmm. batch that we could then track and say, okay, if there was an issue with this batch or this products, like we can always trace it back. Right. But that didn't come until about, you know, a year and a half ago or so. Well, and it wasn't and we're four years old. It wasn't you know? necessary. But it wasn't needed. It wasn't needed. Exactly. And that's the other thing. The process mm-hmm. oftentimes has to evolve to allow for scale, right? Like you're going to mm-hmm. have to create new process when you go retail. Uh, if you're, especially if you're, you know, if you're selling uh, brick and mortar and stuff like that, there's things that you don't have to worry, like barcoding, for example, like you, yep. you're, you're not uh, any place that's selling brick and mortar isn't going to take anything that doesn't have an UPC or, uh, mm-hmm. or EAN or like, you know, the same thing on it. Um, and you don't have to worry about that stuff, but then, you know, these are costs of scale as well too. So you have to register with GTIN, you have to do, you know, a lot of other stuff and you have to develop more and more. It only becomes more process intensive as you grow. And we don't tell you these things (laughs) to scare you away. These are things that, um, you know, you don't have to worry about it now, but be aware. And we've learned these Mm -hmm. things by just trying it and realizing, oh, I didn't even know I I needed that. Um, and we don't even have it right ourselves. Like we're still right. learning. Like I know for me, like it's, you know, it's a process to make a process. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, Mahal says uh, process allows for agile, quick inter- iteration at scale. He also uh, fantastic pullback from three episodes back talking about technical debt. We're going to talk about this in mm-hmm. a second. But process makes scaling easier by adding consistency and removing the potential technical debt. And that's yes. absolutely right. So for those, give a give a, a rehash on technical debt for those who didn't hear episode uh, twenty six, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. So so technical debt is this is this idea if, um, or concept of uh, something that you know you need to go back and and basically spend energy repaying or you know time repaying right. a debt that you did something quickly just to get it you know you winged it just to just to make it work a lot of times it's used in uh, programming software development you write a function you write a program you write some sort of some piece of uh, of code that you didn't really document and it was a hacky way of just getting it to work and then you just realize the now the scale you've got to go back and you've got to fix it you got to do it right. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that, that can be in anything, whether it's, uh, you know, again, you're not writing things down as you're uh, iterating and developing. And then you're like, well, shoot, this worked. And now I'm on this and it's not working. I want to go back to that. Well, you didn't write it down. You didn't do all of that, that, that process development. So now you've got to go and repay that debt by right. figuring it out, doing it right. And, you know, moving forward. Right. So, so. The, the simple version is every time you stop and say, well, that's a future me problem. That's you mm-hmm. taking on technical debt. Right. I mean, yep. very generically speaking. So I, I say yeah. that all the time. That's a f- that's a future pooch problem. Uh, yep. But that's literally like, OK, I'm going to I'm going to deal with that down there. And sometimes that can be really painful when you punt, you know, uh, mm-hmm. especially repeatedly. Well, I'll deal with that later. I'll deal with that later. And if we know it. <laughs> Uh, you know, the, <laughs> the man comes back to collect, uh, and uh, yep. it, it hurts sometimes. Um, Mike from never let the machines win, uh, had a great comment in the chat. He also says, uh, also helpful from the end user viewpoint to document the iterative design changes. Uh, we, we are heavily invested in continuous improvement. I know you are as well. Mm-hmm. When, when he contacts a printer manufacturer, 3D printer manufacturer, for example, uh, they'll ask him what version of the parts he's got. And he'll be like, as the end user, I don't know, oftentimes, because you didn't document you know, you didn't, like, it's not mm-hmm. obvious to me, like, unless like there's and and when we think of, uh, for those of you that might have a Prusa printer out there, if you've ever looked at the printed parts on there, you'll see like there's actually a, a rev number on each of mm-hmm. the printed parts and stuff like that so that they're very easily identifiable, which I think is cool. And it seems like mm-hmm. not a big deal um, for somebody that's 3D printing to be able to do that. But that's a process that they uh, they developed over time because they realized that they needed a way to refer to and understand on the support side, right? Like mm-hmm. what the customer is dealing with, because a lot of times you're making assumptions based on what maybe what time frame they bought the product or something like that, and um, you're not allowing for the fact that they can actually go out and print their own parts. So they might have printed a new piece, and so the support team has to have context about if I'm going to give you helpful suggestions about how to fix a problem, I have to know what mm-hmm. your setup is. <clears throat> um, maybe you don't cross that as much with what, what you're dealing with, but I know we do. I get asked all the time, mm-hmm. like, is this, I bought this rep box here. Is it upgradable with your current uh, new side panel kit or whatever? And I'll say, well, when did you buy it? I'll try to look back and see on their invoice, you know, what's, you know, there, but um, mm-hmm. it's certainly more efficient if there's a, a major tell. So I feel a bit seen. I think Mike is actually calling me out because I think he was one of the people that asked me not too long ago, like, <laughs> can I upgrade? And I was like, well, do you have the one, do you like, do you have the box that uses the, these screws or these screws? You know, like it wasn't a very uh, scientific approach, but it, it worked. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we, you know, I can't, I can't say that, um, that we have, you know, like those sort of issues, but we kind of have issues or potential issues similar to that. Uh, you know, being iterating our formulas uh, over time, uh, you know, customers might have issues with, you know, how the product performs. And, you know, we've, we run into the issue. It's like, okay, well, you know, can you tell us when you ordered it? Can you tell us like how old the product is or, 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 or what have you? Because, um, you know, then we can kind of look in our, our database and see what version it was, uh, you know, if we changed something or not back then. Uh, but, you know, moving forward, yeah, we're, we're moving to have um, a process for batch control now so that we can easily look at that. And we can say, oh, hey, you, you know, 
uh, there'll be a QR code on our bottles where you'll be able to scan it and you'll be able to see all of the information of like when it was manufactured, how much weight was in it, um, right. you know, specific formula revisions, that sort of stuff. So, you know, but that takes time to get there. <laughs> it does. It does. So. And I think uh, like Prusa, uh, Prusa Mint uh, is, mm -hmm. uh, was one of the, I, th I think one of the first, if not, uh, I don't know. I think there's others doing it now, but they put the QR code on an actual spool yep. Where, where you could actually scan it and you could see when it was manufactured and the mm -hmm. the full graph readout of the tolerances like the the thickness the roundness of the you know thing and that I think yeah. that, that was a really great feel one it's a good reference tool so that if there's ever a problem with a specific spool they can actually track it back to like when it was produced and and see if they can align it with mm -hmm. other you know issues during that time so a lot of the process that you're putting in place uh, as you grow are to allow you better support and allow you better mm -hmm. refinement and understand and their business intelligence tools a lot of yep. the times as well. And, and these are kind of luxury tools that we typically take on as technical debt early on in the name of getting it out to market quicker. Mm -hmm. um, but yep. the customer expectations will mm -hmm. change as you grow as well. And so you need to start to have these better things. Like you're not going to get as much grace from your customer base, the less connected they are to you as a company. So you really need to mm -hmm. button up a lot of these things. And that's where we're struggling a lot, like with the technical documentation and things like that. Sure. Where it's like, okay, we're, we're mature enough now. Like we really shouldn't be having as many self-inflicted injuries on, on um, I call them self-inflicted <laughs> because like, I'm just not, sharing rev data like that um, Mike's talking about, or there's an awareness problem. I say this mm -hmm. all the time. The, you, 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 you rarely, you have a sales problem. You most always have a, an awareness problem because there are so many people trying to get their message out and mm -hmm. finding good ways to communicate with your customers is a challenge sometimes because they're getting hammered on all ends from all companies and more than yep. ever, right? You know, everybody's yep. trying to, you know, send out e-blasts and all that stuff. So, there, you know, there's definitely at least you have some tools when they're an active customer. You know, you can mm -hmm. create dedicated contact mailing lists that are not marketing centric as much as informational centric. Like, hey, like if there's a yep. recall, for example, you know, of course, people yep. want to be communicated with and, and are going to look at that at a level of urgency completely different from like, hey, we got a new product we're trying to sell you. Yeah. So, um, you know, those processes. So, like, maybe talk for a moment, if you would, more about the um, processes in the name of, of customer relations and support and, and all those things. Because is it the same for you? Sure. Like, do you feel like those are kind of technical debt that you've taken on in the name of getting mm -hmm. the product refined? first yeah you know it it, it it honestly is um you know for for about a year and a half now we have been tracking or you know developing internal um you know kind of data structures of like tracking our batches or creating you know um essentially paper trails uh you know of, of bottles that we're producing and okay. then also like some quality control processes uh you know that's a whole nother beast in itself like how do you determine what's a quality product and not yeah um especially for like a chemical product like us yeah um but in terms of like the customer you know kind of interface like or, or just interactions. Um, you know, we recently, I, I'll draw from a, a recent issue that we had where we had a bad batch make it out of the lab. Uh, right. You know, uh, we had a contaminant that got into a reaction and we didn't have, at the time, we didn't have a process for checking for this particular contaminant. We didn't, we, we never thought it was an issue until mm. it became an issue. And, uh, you know, what ended up happening is, is, we, you know, shipped this product to, you know, something like 50, some, uh, 50 or so customers. Um, and at the time that we shipped it, it was fine. It was over time that it would go bad. Yeah. And, you know, we had to figure out, okay, which customers ordered it? How do we get in touch with them? Um, and, and, and whatnot. Um, and, and so it is making some changes here where 
having this batch ID tracking system uh, is going to be critical. But we've also started investing in product registration capabilities. So when we uh. launch in retail stores, um, you know, we're we're you know, we're kind of gamifying the system, if you will. Um, you'll be able to register if you pick it up at a you know at a store. Um, yep. You'll be able to register the product and you get reward points essentially. Like we can reward you with a discount if you order online from us in the future or something of that nature. Um, and that's a common tactic. Know, or, we see that the pro project yeah. product registration has certainly a lot mm -hmm. of advantages as the 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 yeah. Uh, and, and I think that that's a process Company. that's been implemented to try and track and see, uh, for one, what what product is making it where, um, you know, kind of demographics as well. If you start adding those, um, you know, pieces right. into it, but further it is is creating or helping to create an internal process that if there are issues where you can make the customer aware of potential issues or you know upgrades or you mm -hmm. know um, mm -hmm. you know just have another touch point, right. Um, so, yeah. Right. Um, so uh, Grant from 3D Musketeers in the chat is saying awareness is his largest issue and he hates <laughs> it. He hates it. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It's his largest issue. I'm getting my inflection right on his all caps. Uh, he Because he never knows where to start. And honestly, he finds it daunting as hell. So let's let's see if we can't help on that a little bit. Because I okay. agree with you, it is daunting. Okay, but let's like you know, let's put some tools in. So hold on, I want to pause for a second. Uh, first of all, love the comment, Grant. We love it. You've called in before. I just want to remind people that, that there is the option if you want to actually call in, be a caller. Uh, the little linky is right above my head here. If you're watching on on YouTube, and it's repcord.com/mtmhotline. If you're listening back in the future, so we always welcome your comments in that fashion as well. <laughs> Uh, because we really want this to be a discussion. This is an exploration. We always say, we don't know exactly what we're doing. We have ideas. We've kind of been down the road a little bit, but mm -hmm. we're learning as we go too. And this is a really appropriate topic for us because it's like a lot of times you don't even know, like you said, what contaminants I need even to be aware of, like until you get to that level. I didn't yep. even know, you know, I needed barcodes until I, you know, started talking to brick and mortar retailers and stuff like that. And then you're like, mm -hmm. okay, there's expenses. But let's talk about Grant's question here now that we've done our sure. little CTA plug. <laughs> um, awareness. Uh, I know this mm -hmm. is a bit of a digression from process, but again, I think we want to tie it back because it, it's all intertwined, right? It's all, it's all part sure. of running the business. What advice might you have for Grant uh, to make uh, awareness of, of, I'm assuming he's talking about support awareness but it could be new product aware it could be just awareness in general mm -hmm. shouting above the noise like i like to say like like <laughs> how can he how can grant feel less pain connecting to his customers and making sure they have the information they need sure um that's a tough one because you know i feel like <laughs> I we know. struggle with awareness sure um, i think a lot does. and so what, you're not you alone know, like yeah yeah so you know, what I can say that has worked for us is just being consistent about, you know, our, you know, just getting getting information out there or or trying to be consistent. I'm not the greatest at it, yeah. um, you know, but, you know, just consistency is is really big. The other piece is 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 the more open and honest, uh, that you can be just in anything, um, mm -hmm. I think goes a long way. Um, you know, for, for like, uh, awareness of getting a hold of our customers when we had a bad batch, uh, you know, we emailed the customers that we thought were affected. We asked those customers like, Hey, if, you know, you know, people that have, you know, like you've talked to recently or encouraged to buy gloop, you know, mm -hmm. please let them know if they if they purchase Gloop, like or trying to find, you know, exactly where these bad bottles ended up. Um, you know, just I, I, sometimes asking for help. Some, you know, works wonders as well um, directly from other customers. Um, and, you know, it, it's tough, though, because I, I don't think there's a there's a one size fits all solution <laughs> to the awareness problem. 
No, there's there's certainly not, and I think it uh, often comes down to like the the type of awareness that we're talking about. So if these are existing customers that you want to make sure you're getting critical information to, you need mm-hmm. to go where they are. So like you said, one of it, you know, if we're to, if we're just talking about like, hey, I've got a new product up out there and stuff like that, that's like consistency building but that's why social media is important like you're just trying to go where the eyeballs are right like there was a time where mm-hmm. it's like maybe you wanted to be on myspace or wherever people were and like <laughs> we we see you know social media is a fickle space you know like we see a lot of people mm-hmm. leaving facebook for tiktok now or whatever but that's a different animal than i think mm-hmm. reaching out to your existing customer base right sure um, you, you can certainly document, you can certainly write down a ton of stuff. You can tell them to contact you if they have any questions, nobody's going to read it. I want to say nobody's going to yeah. be jaded, but like people don't read, you know, like it's just, they're <laughs> so overwhelmed. They, they just, they're excited to get things. Um, so I, I'd never advise, you know, uh, as a primary means of a, some, assuming you're going to get the, the information out there to write it anywhere, sadly, sure uh, in this day and age, yeah. I don't know that, that I, I, I don't know for how much energy that takes. Like you should do it because there are plenty of people that do read. But I would say, like when I talk about the global we, the royal we, the people out there, um, less and less reading, a lot more visual, right? So visual communication tactics, product mm-hmm. uh, injecting information into your product photos. You know, like like those little tags that you see on Amazon where it just says like two pack and, and like it's literally mm-hmm. embedded in the photo, you know, critical mm-hmm. things like where it's like the, you know, asterisk, like uh, uh, CD not included with CD player, you know, stupid yeah. stuff like that. So you're not, um, you're not dealing with those clowns out there. Like this is a kit. This is not going to come fully assembled. Like I'm just showing you what it's going to look like when you put it together, but you, yeah. you literally have to find ways to put that information in front of people. Um, sure. When you already have this customer, okay, oftentimes, and this may be controversial for some, but it's like, I don't look at like their email and their phone number. So a lot of times like phone numbers are required for shipping these days and stuff like Mm -hmm. this. If there's critical recall information, you know, or, or something that I don't know, I think you need to look at it. How do you how do you mm-hmm. set the severity of the whole thing? But I think it's fair game to try to reach out personally, not through a mailing list, but like a BCC to, yep. you know, people where it's coming from you personally. Look, uh, recall notice, you know, critical or yep. whatever, where it's not potentially going to get flagged by that or or get on board with. I, I know we hate it, but I think using texting, uh, yeah. I, there's been a number of times where like, I'm not getting a response to an email. I, I escalate. I have an escalation policy and I need to know um, what to do. Like somebody orders something and we ended up selling the last one. Like we had a stock discrepancy or whatever mm-hmm. and they're not answering the email. And so I escalate and I'll text them from, you know, our business text line. And I'll be like, Hey, I'm really sorry. This is Pooch from Repcord. Uh, we had this issue, but I just, I need to understand, like, do you still want this? Do you want to wait two weeks until we get restocked? Do you want to cancel sure. the order or whatever? Um, it takes work. It takes work, but mm-hmm. it's you need to think about how you would want it handled if it was you, and not everybody's going to feel sure. the same way. I mean, <laughs> honestly, snail mail, I, I don't think that's a, a thing for most people, but it's another tactic that it's like, it's almost more <laughs> noticeable because like people have gotten away from direct mail. Are there times where you might even be legally obligated like to, to convey in writing stuff where it's like you have oh, yeah. to send out a mailer. I don't know. I've never actually done that. I'm just thinking about what I've seen in terms of recall notices for my car or something like that. Sure. Uh, so, you know, that's a, it's a really tricky one, Grant. I know that, that that's probably not helpful. You know, we're bouncing around because I think it depends on the context, but it's going to take, it takes consistency. It takes work and it takes being a little bit creative in terms of like finding people where they are. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's yeah. fair. Uh, yeah, that's I mean, we covered a lot of ground. We're closing in. Uh, we did. We got, about, we got about ten minutes left for our our, our solid sixty. Um, you know, process is uh, like I said, it's the least for me. It feels like the mm-hmm. least glamorous thing. You when you came out to uh, our facility over the summer and you were like. Mm-hmm. 
why is there no checklist, you know, on this, that, and the other thing? And I'm like, because I don't want to spend the time to make a checklist on how to clean the bathroom, dude. And it's just like, yes, yep. I know it's easy. And each of these individual things in independent of one another are totally easy, but in the aggregate, they feel daunting, right? And so we talk about at the top mm -hmm. of the show, moving the needle. So a lot of times process is about strategy of breaking that elephant down into its consumable bites, right? Yep. And, and psychological tactics for yeah. it's not that bad, you know, like getting to yep. it's not that bad. Yep. I, I can't tell you how many times I, I, I just make something <laughs> into something way bigger than it actually is. And then I do it. And I'm like, that yep. really wasn't that bad. Why was I? Yeah. Why was I doing and, that? And Are you guys like that? Tell me in the chat. <laughs> and what's funny is, is oftentimes what I find that I've, you know, been putting off because it's like, oh, this is a, this is annoying or whatever. It ends up saving me time that after I've done that process or I've created that checklist, now it's just even easier to do that stupid task it, it, to begin with, um, yeah. you know, and to do it to a better degree, um, you know, so it's like adding the insult to the, to the injury. <laughs> I know. I know. You're like, geez, you're such a whiner. Like, why am I like, like why, why am I being such a baby about this? Um, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's an interesting challenge, but, um, getting, getting to a place I talk about, I think, I think the main takeaway I would I would say as we have gotten bigger is that process and scale are so critically interwoven mm -hmm. because what you're talking about, like I never made the checklist. That's technical debt I took on because when I was the only one operating the laser cutter or mm -hmm. cleaning the bathroom or whatever it was, it didn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Now that we have people and now you're going to come across like legal requirements where it's like, if, if you're not telling people, if you're not creating that employee handbook or you're not giving people mm -hmm. the tools that they need to do their job correctly and they yep. screw up, that's on you, not on them, if yep. you have not given them that information. And that can be mm -hmm. a really, really painful technical debt to be taking on if it takes oh, yes. the form of a lawsuit or a, uh, a a workplace injury or what you know whatever uh, that's out there. You know, you pointed out like we don't we don't work with a lot of chemicals where we're at, but we have like IPA laying around to like clean off stuff. And you're like, Wh where's your eyewash uh, station? And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, geez, I, I never even thought about that. And I'm glad that you pointed it out, like because technically mm -hmm. there is a scenario where somebody could be spraying IPA on something and it bounces up, and gets in their eye or whatever. And if that, I don't have an eyewash station, uh, you know, and, and there, I think there's reasonable risk that we take mm -hmm. on as, you know, I don't want to scare yeah. people away from doing it. And there's a lot of times where we're just like, oops, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll reveal that to you guys. Like, these are things like I have blind spots. Everybody has blind spots. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, but it becomes more critical as you grow and, and more people become dependent on you for their livelihood mm -hmm. and you become dependent on them. Yeah. And, and you know, like here at, at Gloop, like, you know, we're we're constantly, you know, at, at odds, you know, internally of when the right person comes along to bring in, you know, as, a, as an employee, like how like what sort of processes do we need to have in place so that that employee stays safe? But also so that, you know, we, you know, protect the, the core of the business as well um, and that we can actually utilize that employee like, you know, running the reactions, uh, you know, we deal with some pretty harsh chemicals uh, in bulk and you know, we have to make for sure that we're wearing the proper safety, you know, the PPE and that we're handling it in a very particular way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it's like, you know, having to, you know, make for sure, like, you know, all of these checks and balances um, and it can become, you know, daunting, uh, especially to a small business or a maker who has no idea, you know, what they're getting themselves into. Right. Yes. Um, yes. You, you know, so, so yeah, it's, it's, it, it's for me, it's a, it's a fun journey because I, I guess, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm built different <laughs> in that I, I love sort of these processes and, you know, thinking through this. Yeah, no, but, you are very good at it. I will admit I've noticed, you that know, you. It, well, <laughs> thank you. But, um, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where, it, you know, I would encourage everyone to think through 
um, you know, what they have, what, like if you, if you have a business, a small business, or, you know, you're, you're selling on Etsy or whatever, and you make things, think yep. of the process of how you do it. And if you currently don't have it written down or documented, try and, you know, document it, see, you know, spend 10, 15 minutes and see if you can recognize some mm -hmm. areas of inefficiencies where you can mm -hmm. like, Oh, well, Hey, if I do this instead of this, or this step first, instead of this step, you know, it changes things, um, you know, because I'm sure you'll find those and, you know, maybe you can, you know, extrapolate further. Sure. I would also add to that, that a lot of times you're just too close to the process uh, mm. uh, to to look at it with the right eyes a lot of the time, because you you don't even realize how many little assumptions you're making because you've been doing it for so long about the process being clear, right? So mm -hmm. like having somebody that's not you walk through and audit and not and not take that like it was so unbelievably helpful to have you come out to the shop and walk through and ask me a bunch of questions that I was just like, well one I felt dumb for not thinking of a bit, but two it was just like oh yeah, like that that was never really a problem before but like as we have more people coming back here like we need to be doing xyz mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. so either finding a, a somebody else to just come in and ask you questions and at a time where you're not going to take it personally and and and, and just <laughs> like understand you know the value of that uh, them not being you um because it is it's, it's hard to put those goggles on and walk through your own place that you go to every day and identify what's you, you become blind to it uh a lot mm -hmm. of times you know um yeah. about what's important and what's what's not um Safety. I believe NASA actually has a term for that. I think what, it's called really? operational normalization. Ooh. So it's it's the it's the slow, uh, you know, kind of normal normalizing of you know certain like aspects of a process or operation mm -hmm. uh, that are technically outside of its bounds. Um, you know, and you you essentially normalize and say, oh, it's okay. I think that came out when uh, what was it uh, the Challenger space shuttle yeah. um, exploded yeah. during ascent. Yeah. Um, or no, was it descent? I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Challenger was ascent. Yeah. And uh, yeah. No wait. Discovery was. Discovery was. Or, yeah, it, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but it, what happened there was a uh, I think a foam Columbia. tile broke off. Um, or Columbia. Yeah, yeah. it's Columbia, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not a I'm not a super space nerd. <laughs> um. But uh, a tile broke off and, uh, you know, it was uh, a, a repair procedure wasn't followed or I'm sorry, it was um, it was a seal, if I remember correctly. Um, a cold weather caused the seal to shrink. A hot weather caused it to expand during yeah, the booster, the, uh, the, the solid rocket yeah. booster. And they just kind of like, oh, it's fine. It's OK. Um, it was a procedure that wasn't really followed because of normalization. Um, and that caused, a, you know, catastrophic failure. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, that, that sucks because there are so many things that we probably mm -hmm. just skate by on and it's not a problem until it's a problem, right? Like we don't even, mm -hmm. we don't even know it's a problem. We didn't even know that needed to be on the checklist, right? I can't imagine, yeah. you know, the amount, I mean, that's why there are so many like critical checklists that, that launches get scrubbed all the time, like in, in, in rocket mm -hmm. science in actual rocket science, yeah. Uh, that, uh, just unbelievable levels of complexity, uh, to, you know, to, to do that. And unfortunately we just don't have the, it's so easy to Monday morning quarterback, right? The, the hindsight, mm -hmm. having the hindsight, uh, and, and, you know, that's why we talk about failing fast being important and the failures being important because that's where the learning happens. Nobody ever learns yep. from the success Yep. you always learning from the failures and stuff like that. And so, you know, we need, we need both <laughs> so that we can yeah. feel like we're making process <laughs> progress. But, um, sometimes things are just unlucky too, you know, we, and yeah. hopefully you're identifying those things where you're really just being lucky that this technical debt hasn't come due yet. Right. <laughs> um, absolutely. And and um, maybe it's having another set of eyes, like uh, Mahal is saying, or maybe it's uh, just pausing for a moment and making sure you're, you know, slowing down and analyzing stuff. It's so hard to slow down, um, as a as a maker, entrepreneur, especially because it's like we gotta gotta do the next big thing. We gotta keep that money coming in the door. Mm -hmm. We gotta iterate. We don't want yep. our products to get stale. 
we need our employees to stay happy. We yep. need to <laughs> cover the increase in insurance costs, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It goes on for yep. But, um, you know, again, mental game. I think we got to make sure we put the, put a note down, document that. Yeah. <laughs> because I think that that's, um, that's an important part of the process that keeps us sane, that keeps us marching forward. The little, the little mental tricks for, uh, like I said, breaking the elephant into the digestible bites, uh, that yep. kind of thing. Um, and making sure that you're really calcing that into your ROI appropriately, because mm-hmm. that is not something that is typically added. And I would argue is, is probably critical that it, that it be added, especially in this day and age, I think as people seem to take on more stress and, and, you know, balancing, I, it's, a, I think it's, I don't know. I wonder if it's a decidedly American problem, but like we, you know, it's been shown over time. It's like we we work more hours, we disconnect less, yep. we vacation less or holiday less, and all that stuff. And so, mm-hmm. um, yep. there's a there's a lot of meat on that bone, as I like to say, to uh, yeah to go, to go after. So we'll save that for a future episode. Uh, I think we're gonna call it here. Uh, that was awesome. a solid, that was a solid, uh, convo. Thank you so much to everybody that joined us in the chat. Again, if you are listening back to on the podcast, we do record, uh, 9 a.m. Pacific, uh, on the YouTubes on, uh, my, my YouTube channel. That's at, uh, youtube.com slash repcord, uh, under the maker that money, uh, playlist. So you can find us there. If you want to join us live at some point, if you want to call in live, you can do that as well. We're, we're easy. We're, we love, we love chatting. Yeah. Um, until then, I hope this was helpful. Uh, I wish everyone, as I always do, a lovely weekend. Uh, I hope that you are able to get some downtime, get some relaxation. If you are an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and all that stuff, like take your weekends, take your time. I know you're going to work anyway, okay? But, you know, <laughs> mental health. And we will catch you next week. Uh, yeah. Until then, Pooch from Repcord. Andrew, Andrew from Gloop. Signing off. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye.